All right, we're back. Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to the Drew Marshall Show. We're streaming live at drewmarshall.ca, and uh, we are moving on. Co-host today is Dr. Rose Zacharias Meter. She is the host of Intersection, where real life and faith collide. We're going to chat with her right after this interview and find out more about the, uh, your show. Awesome. Yeah, it's great to be here, Drew. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's nice to have a doctor in the house. Yeah. Is there a doctor in the house? There's yes, a doctor there is. in the house. I'm not on duty officially. No. Good. <laughs> she said duty. You're a goof. You are a goof. Listen, we just finished chatting with Ted DiBiase, WWE Hall of Fame professional wrestler, the million dollar man. And uh, a little bit later in the show, we're going to have an entire hour dedicated to Jesus versus Buddha. Sounds like a cage match, but it's not. (laughs) Uh, We're going to have two of the world's, um, I guess, most recognizable sort of American Buddhists, Robert Thurman and uh, Lama Sultram Alioni. Uh, And then Bruxy Cavey will be here in the studio. Uh, He is a teaching pastor at the Meeting House and author of The End of Religion. Lots more coming up on the show. But right now... uh, where is the God of Humboldt? Canadians have, you know, I guess we've all been processing the, the tragic loss. 16 lives cut short after the Humboldt Broncos hockey team bus collided with a tractor trailer last week on the way to a playoff game. It seems like we're all sort of looking inside and upwards and, and asking why. Many are, are asking if there is a God, how could he allow something so horrific to happen? Uh, during the memorial service, and Rose, I don't know, did you see any of the I memorial did. service? Yeah, I saw some of it. Okay, so, yeah. so during the memorial service, uh, team chaplain Sean Brando spoke, and and I thought he did a really, considering the circumstances, yeah. good night. Like, yeah. just, I'm, I'm actually glad he broke down it yeah. and choked up. Absolutely. Because if you, like, how could you not? And yeah. for you to suppress that oh, is yeah. fake. No, absolutely. Yeah, when he spoke about the valley of darkness, and he, I mean, his first words even was, I don't want to be here. And, and almost puzzling, like what, you know, you're the leader, you're the chaplain, you need to speak our prime ministers in the audience. Yeah. So, um, but I understand why he said he did not want to be there. Sure. And, and then he went on and talked about the Valley of Darkness and that despairing. Well, afterwards, some media reported on how, quote, even the minister seemed shaken and unable to provide answers. And, sure. And, and, uh, and I was thinking, well, how did our society get to that point of expecting spiritual leaders to always have the answers and to appear steadfast and certain? What are, and, and also around this whole thing, what are mm-hmm. the spiritual questions that really need to be talked about in the aftermath of such a horrific uh, event? So ch- joining us to chat about this, a couple of good friends of mine, Mr. Paul Allen, who is a team leader with HMI, Hockey Ministries International, and the chaplain who spoke at that uh, memorial service, Sean Brando is also part of HMI Hockey Ministries International. Paul, uh, thank you for for spending a bit of time with us today. Delightful to be with you, Drew. Also on the line, of course, Canadian hockey legend. I think his face is even on a stamp <laughs> these days, which is you know, come on, really, Paul? Are you Paul Henderson? Is he really that big of a deal, Paul? Are you are you really that big of a deal? No, I'm not. I'm shrinking all the time. <laughs> oh, you're a big deal. I'm actually just glad to hear your voice. I mean, 1972, big, big year, was the year I was born. But wow. I have known your name in my household and growing up. And so I'm just really pleased to meet you over, over the phone right now. That would be Rose, Paul. Well, thank you. Very nice to talk to you today. Uh, Rose is amidst three thorns. 
right yeah. now. <laughs> Here in the studio. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's more I'm... truth to that than you want to believe. <laughs> it's all good. Um, all right, guys. Well, let's let's get stuck into this. Um, let's start with that question that people ask in the midst of great tragedy. Um, why? Or if there is a God, how could this good God allow something so horrific to happen? And, and Paul Allen, I'm going to go to you first because you're you're – I, I think you're the oldest. <laughs> <laughs> Starting age of order, order yeah. age. But Paul, no, I mean you don't. You know, you you're sort of the God guy here. You're the preacher man. You know, you you you've been a, you were a pastor for many many years. So I expect you to be steadfast and to have all the answers, Paul Allen. Well, Drew, you know me better than that, don't you? Yeah. And that's why I'm on your show. Yes. <laughs> uh, so where? How could a good God let something like this happen? Well. I think searching in the midst of this for some sort of an explanation, we're not going to get that. God is or God isn't. There isn't, his existence doesn't, he doesn't sort of appear and and he's here because he's good and therefore tragedies are not going to happen. Tragedies, the Bible tells us tragedies are going to happen. Um, God simply is, he is present but we grieve. I, 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 I'm with you guys on, I thought Sean did an incredible job, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's unfair to even those that are in the midst of this to start jumping to, well, you know, here's why God did it, or how God did it, or any of those things. Yeah, so uh, the thing I, I hear a lot uh, from especially those within the evangelical Christian circles would be similar to this. And, and Paul Henderson, you would have heard this along along your many years of being a Christ follower as well. Um, well, um, God foreknew that he would be able to get great glory out of out of this as a result of this tragedy. And, and, and look at all the people that were able to watch uh, Sean Brando, the chaplain, talk about Jesus on television and around the world through the, the YouTube uh, thing and the whole, you know, God's getting glory out of this. And, and that's, mm-hmm. that's maybe why this happened. What does that do to your stomach, Paul? It, it turns my stomach. It turns my stomach. It's... Uh... I don't think there's any reality uh, to it whatsoever. And I don't think there's any answers. Uh, I I personally don't have any answers for them. Uh, But I think the the thing that if there's anything that come come out of tragedy, it's what's happened there. I mean, the whole country is grieving. And like I never before, the press has never given anything like this before, uh, the kind of coverage it has. And and we need each other. The Bible says that. We're there. And so, uh, you know, sometimes the best thing you can do is just show up. You don't need any words. All you got to do is put your arms around somebody and give them a hug and let them know they're there. And and so uh, I cannot tell you. I don't think anybody can tell. No one can tell you. Uh, but like why they happen. But Paul, like Paul said, they're going to happen. They happen every day. And the closer uh, it is to you, the more difficult it is to to deal with it. Uh, and uh, the other side of the coin, everybody grieves differently, mm. and and how one person grieves because of their personality or whatever thing like that. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that we do have, that Paul and I have, we have a hope, and uh, we have an anchor for our souls. And so even though it hurts, and uh, man, but. 
Paul and myself, we've gone through some very difficult times in life, and it hurts, and it tears your guts out. Uh, And so you've got a choice. You can get angry, curse, swear at God or anything like that, or you can turn to God and say, you know, like I do, Lord, I don't understand this, and I am hurting, and I need your help. Wrap your arms around me, and that's mm-hmm. what I've been praying for the people out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God would just wrap his arms around them and somehow maybe reveal himself uh, to you. But it's just, it, it's gut-wrenching. It okay. really is. Okay, Rose, you know of this God that Paul Henderson is speaking of. Yes. Um, and, and so let me ask you. Okay. As a medical doctor, okay. you've seen tragedy. You've you are very aware of of our mortality as human beings. Absolutely. Um, but this kind of accident, so tragic, you know, so many lives cut short instantly, um, and then even just the torturous end to some of their lives, brutal, brutal. As you think through it all, if the God that Paul Henderson and Paul Allen believe in is the kind of God that allows that kind of suffering. I don't want to have anything to do with them. Mm-hmm. You can imagine someone saying that, mm-hmm. can you not? Mm-hmm. Family members of those mm-hmm. who have been mm-hmm. killed in this accident. Mm-hmm. So what do you say to that? So I have been in the middle of exactly that agony and anguish. I mean, I've been at the bedside of a daughter who survived a house fire only to find out when finally we were able to get our pain under control that both her mom and dad jumped from the top floor and died. And and so in the moment, I mean, in the emergency department, we're working hard to control her pain. We actually are aware of the news because the paramedics who brought her in also attended to her parents. And when she recovers and comes around, she's gonna she's she's asking already, mm. what about mom and dad? Um, they were a little bit older. She was um, kind of mid twenties, um, and she's living at home. Um, and she was going to survive. That was pretty apparent from her injuries. She was going to survive. She just was in a lot of pain. But I, um, I, I stand there too as a believer, as a Jesus follower, as a physician that has some urgent matters on hand, and. Um, and I, I reflect as well, like, wh- wh- what's the point mm-hmm. of this pain? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I don't always have a lot of answers right there in that moment. I mean... Have you ever questioned your faith as a result of the things <clears throat> you've seen as a doctor? Yeah, I've questioned my faith. Okay. I, 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 think, I think it's healthy to uh, want... I mean, the world is full of pain mm-hmm. and agony. Mm-hmm. And our, our human minds... Um, I, I don't have it figured out. And so I, I, I yeah, it would be very short-sighted for me to say out loud, oh, I've never questioned that God exists about, over this. Okay, I want to go to Paul Allen, again, team leader with uh, with uh, Hockey Ministries International, HMI. Paul, uh, as, as uh, a man of the Lord, you know, a uh, uh, former pastor, people will say everything happens for a reason. And if I was a family member standing at a funeral in the receiving line as people came by and offered condolences, and someone said that to me, well, Drew, everything happens for a reason, I would slug them. Well, most people would. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's Paul Henderson. Yeah. Yes. Two minutes. Two minutes for roughing Paul. Um, Paul Allen, what, what do you do with that? With that uh, everything happens for a reason? What kind of theology do you pull out of that? Well, 
an incorrect theology. Um, what you know, I, I think you, you go back to uh, using your word theology, um, the theology of even what what is what is death. You know, death is something which is common, but it is not normal. It was not. It is the enemy. It is something when Jesus faced the death of his friend, the Bible says he was deeply moved and troubled and wept. And so he's facing something that he knows is so, so wrong. He didn't say, turn to Mary and Martha and say, well, this is all going to work out and, and don't worry about it. He wept along with them. And to to and, and particularly when someone is in the grieving, the early early raw grieving, to try to communicate to them that there's some sort of purpose or reason to it is indeed I, I think is counterproductive, even destructive. And and I I don't particularly believe that people are hearing what you are saying in those initial initial days. I think it is time to be there to listen to people, um, to do whatever is practical. Uh, bring them a you know a, a you know a covered dish of some some type, but be present there. Listen to them. Don't try and somehow fix this. Okay, um, folks. In case you're uh, you've just tuned in, we're in a segment that we've sort of entitled well, not sort of. We've entitled "Where Is the God of Humboldt?" and we're chatting with Paul Henderson, a Canadian hockey legend, Paul Allen, a team leader with HMI Hockey Ministries International, and. Uh, also co-hosting the show is Dr. Rose Zacharias Meter. She's the host of Intersection, where real life and faith collide. We'll chat with her a little bit more about her show. But um, Henny, I want to I want to ask you about um, you know are we allowed? And I think I kind of know where you're where you're going to go. I know where you're how you're going to answer this, but I got to ask it anyway. Is it bad for a follower of Christ, a Christian, to? get really stinking PO'd at this kind of tragedy. Can we, for example, and I, I want to I want to just get, um, give you this scenario. I, I walked out of the Holocaust Memorial in Jerusalem out of the children's exhibit, and dude, I was done. I was snot crying and angry and swearing, and I, it was not a good scene. Somebody wrote me recently and said, how dare you disrespect God like that? God is God, you're not. What's your take on getting angry with God, Henny? Well, it's it's right throughout the Bible. You read the Psalms. God can handle it. He can handle our doubts. He can handle our angry, our anger. He can handle anything. And sometimes, sometimes, and I don't know the reasons why that we go through things that really make us angry. I mean, I've been angry for sure. And it, but it, in the heat of the moment or shock. People that are, if like if somebody came and said, well, Paul, your you, one of your children just died, I would be in absolute shock. Mm-hmm. Mm. And and you never know what might come out of your mouth. I mean, you're going to be your guts are all over the floor. But I don't think. See, God. See, I firmly believe that God knows everything about us. I think He understands our thoughts, and He can handle. What He can't handle is uh, is being two faced. As long as you come to God, oh, God, I'm hurting, I'm hurting. I don't understand this, and I've done that many, many times, especially when friends of mine have gone through terrible times, died of cancer. And, and uh, so God can handle it. And, uh, and sometimes I think it's good to vent. 
but it's also good. It's the one thing about Christianity, which I've loved about this, uh, is we rally together around that. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, when when Sean uh, did that, uh, uh, you know, spoke. Eleanor and I stood there, and we, you know, we we're just everybody was just mesmerized by it. I said, you know. I just got to send him an email and tell him what a great job he did. And I, th- I sent him an email, and I said, you know, I think that's what Christianity is, is being authentic and transparent, mm-hmm. not having the answers on that. And so, but the, the thing that I just warn everybody, everybody is in process in terms of maturity. Like, when I first became a Christian, Paul Allen, I, I went to OBC, and Paul Allen was there, and, and of course, he was down the road a lot farther than me. And we would sit in the car and have talks for hours. And I would, you know, I was like a sponge. Paul, what about this? What about that? And and and, and I was so immature in my faith way back then. But now I've got some miles under me. And, uh, and now when these things happen, I know where to go. Hmm. And I go honestly to God. God, I'm, I'm, my guts are all over the table. I, I don't even know how to help my friend. And so I just, I, I beg you uh, uh, to help me. Give me the words. Or, or if I'm not supposed to say anything, don't let me say anything. And so I unashamedly ask for help in every situation. If somebody phones and asks me for advice, as soon as they ask me for advice, I say, I, I, I fire up a prayer. Lord, I need help here. Please, please, please. Don't let me say anything stupid or anything that will set them back. And so I depend upon God. for The older I get, the more I depend upon God, and the more I pray. I spend more time praying now than I ever have in my life because I firmly believe that God is in heaven and he is the anchor of my soul. And, uh, and so, I mean, everybody goes different places. I just go to God for help. Okay. So, Drew and Paul, yeah, I so uh, resonate with what you're saying about bringing anger and being authentic and being transparent and being absolutely real. I mean, I think about a parent-kid relationship, right? Like, I'm a mom, and I think about my kids being un justly hurt uh, at school, being picked on or bullied or, or, or something that's happened to them that is just not fair. Mm-hmm. And they come home from school and they're tore up and they're busted up and they're angry. And, and in their little world, that's their, their own personal tragedy and crisis, right? And I'm the mom standing behind the counter, maybe with the cookies and the milk, wanting us to have this loving relationship. But in that moment, my kid is hurt and hurting and wants to vent. And instead of stomping up to his room, I'd want my little boy to sit down to me, across from me, and and just just let it go. Just like really, like this is not fair. This hurts me. I I, I don't want to go back to school. And, and I would want to be the parent that then takes it all. Is, is my child in that moment somehow saying, Mom, I don't trust you. You know, you actually sent me to that school. You told me to hang out with those friends. Mm. No, my kid is venting about circumstances of life. And our relationship, my loving relationship with my kid is totally intact, despite yeah. his 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 venting yeah, and yeah. his anger and his hurt. Great his example. Pain. Great example. Um, okay, uh, on the line with Paul Henderson and Paul Allen. Paul Allen is a team leader with uh, Hockey Ministries International. Paul Henderson is uh, 
Paul freaking Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> the man with no need for introduction. Yeah, that's it. Right. Yeah. Um, but Paul, Paul Allen, I want to come to you. I was chatting with Jamie Raymer. Mm-hmm. And Jamie is the head coach of the Briarcrest hockey team. And Jamie was also very good friends with the head coach of the Humboldt Broncos. As a matter of fact, Jamie at this moment is at the funeral for the head coach of the Humboldt Broncos. That's right. And Jamie sent me some questions because I said, think about what we're going to talk about. And you know Jamie. He takes a couple of days to get back to you. You know. (laughs) He's got to think this stuff through, right? <laughs> so here are the questions. And Paul Henderson, I, I need your take on this as well. Here, I'm just going to reel them out because they kind of combine. Here we go. This is from Jamie Raymer. Why do we feel we always need to have all the answers as evangelical Christians? Number one. Number two, has our desire to be professional in our speaking services, you know, and shows also created a disconnect for people in what living out of real faith looks like. And number three, do leaders feel the pressure to have it all together themselves? Does that make it harder for them to live and lead us in living out an authentic faith community? So do you see the theme there, Paul Allen? Well, you know, Jamie has all those questions because he used to work for me and he knew I had it all together. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. I mean, I think it was my model for him. (laughs) I'll tell you, Jamie Raymer is a a very special guy, and and, um, I'm too old to remember all of those questions in in order, but just a general comment is uh, I, you know, I'm with, like Paul, you know, the older you get, the more, you know, none of this stuff actually is, is true anymore, and you certainly know you do not have it together. Um, mm-hmm. When I went to my, the last church, that I, I had a wonderful experience at Willowdale Baptist Church at Young and uh, Finch in, in uh, Toronto there. I was the pastor, and when I went there, they were doing one of those things where they want to create, a, you know, a purpose statement and all of that stuff. Well, my eyes glaze over. I'm terrible at that mm-hmm. stuff. But, <laughs> but I suggested that we say, we're a mess, and Jesus loves us. <laughs> well, you know, they didn't go Good. for it. They did But it was, it was just yep. kind of like, you know, that we're a church, yeah. and we do, you know, we're messy, and, and we're broken, and we've got some great things together here, and we've got the gifts of the Holy Spirit here. Mm. There's that mystery that takes place when two or three are gathered, and Jesus is with us. Mm. There's a power that, that is there, and we're all screwed up. And and you know it, it's just kind of like that's who who we are in in the in this in the midst of uh, this world. I think that um, I, I think that you know be the best communicator that you can, be the best leader that that you can by all means. And I think there there has to be a striving for righteousness and um, justice in our in our life. I think a, a proper relationship with people. A pro- proper relationship with, with God, but I think it's that integrity that we saw with Sean, hmm. that he just, I mean, he mm-hmm. he was broken, and he mm-hmm. spoke from his brokenness, and we all were moved and, and touched, and God used that in my life. Hmm. Well, let me just say, and, and Paul Henderson, I think you would, <laughs> I think you and I have the same brain on this one, which should be scary for you. <laughs> um, if, if whoever was the Jesus guy speaking at the memorial service was stoic and confident Mm -hmm. and preachy, Mm -hmm. 
Uh, that would not have gone over very well with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about you, Paul Henderson? Well, it's the same thing. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be sensible. And I, anybody that loves the Lord, well, I, I would say a new Christian, somebody that might do that. But but but, but don't, Drew. I, I, God says, don't judge other people. Oh crap! And 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 it only <laughs> you know you. as I get over, I, I get older. I I cut. People, I actually prayed for the driver of the uh, of the um, of the the truck, transport truck, the trust for you know. We tend to forget, honestly. Like I don't know what the circumstances or what you know, whatever like that. But I said, oh God, this poor guy. Like I can't imagine being in his shoes. And so, Lord wants us to. You know, we're supposed to love people. We're supposed to love each other. We're supposed to, uh, you know, love God then love each other and. and so I tend try not to anymore because I used to be terrible judge of other people and I had a set of rules and everything like that. But I think the older you get, that you become a lot less uh, judgmental and you become authentic. Mm-hmm. And like Paul said, uh, like I said earlier, every I like I ask for help all the time. I don't trust myself. I pray this too, Lord, keep me safe from the devil and myself. Yeah, <laughs> because. You know, I've discovered the enemy, as Pogo says. It's me, and 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 nobody. You never ever arrive. The thing is, a Christian. I, I mean, I know some very godly, godly men and women, as a matter of fact. But no one ever gets to the point where you can't, where you can always go deeper in your relationship with God, and you can go deeper in your understanding of God. And I am so glad that God has let me live this long because. I think I'm enjoying my relationship with God more now than I ever have. And I put a stake in the ground back when Mel Stevens les- uh, led me to the Lord on March 12th of 1975. Actually, it was Mel's birthday. Mm-hmm. I put a stake in the ground that day, and I said, Lord, I'm your man. And all I've been doing ever since is filling in the space, trying to go, trying to go deeper with him every day and try to live in a manner worthy of him. And and I've been on a burn to do that, but I know if I lived to be 150, I would still never get to where I probably should be. Yeah. Well, the the biggest oxymoron in this conversation is spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If someone says, I am spiritually mature, they are not. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple. Uh, we're talking about awareness as you go along. And there's that whole, you know, you reach a point of your life where you go, man, it turns out I don't know near as much as I thought I did, right? So, all right, I want to wrap this conversation with this. And this is is the tough stuff for me to verbalize here because I don't think it's going to come out right, but we'll see how it goes. I wonder, guys, and Rose. Okay. As Tony Campolo used to say, in the next, and, and Bono and U2 had this whole snap campaign, within the next three seconds, thousands of children are, are going to die within the next three seconds around the world because of malnutrition, neglect, et cetera, starvation. And as Tony Campolo used to say, none of you give a blank. And more of you are concerned with the fact that I said blank than the fact that thousands of kids you know, around the world are, are going to die, have mm-hmm. died right now as we're talking. I remember. Yeah. That was years ago. I was so, impacted by that. So, so that. I think yeah. as North Americans, we have yeah. been spoiled when it mm-hmm. comes to tragedy. Mm-hmm. And this is going to sound callous, but as someone who grew up in the funeral business and as someone who has transported numerous dead bodies and as someone who has been at various crime scenes, homicide scenes, as someone who has been a hospital chaplain at the bedside of many who have taken their last breath, mm-hmm. I think 
we have become soft as a society when it comes to dealing with or, or coping with great tragedies because we live in, in a fairly comfortable uh, situation here in Canada. Mm-hmm. Paul Henderson, your thoughts on that? Well, again, Drew, it's just, I don't think it can make a statement across the board. I think every all individuals are different in how we process. And that would take somebody a lot smarter than me to figure out whether we are as a country or we're not. But the thing that I just love about this is the way people have come together. Yeah. 65 blasted countries have con- over $10 million like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on, the, we, on the GoFundMe stuff. Uh, yes, GoFundMe exactly. Stuff, but, yep. But, you know, like, you know, all we can do is what we can do. And Eleanor and I, we divide up our giving and we give a certain amount to feed the poor because God says we're supposed to do that. We give a certain amount to, well, obviously our church and things. And so, you know, I think there is a, there's a lot of people in this country that are really trying to live a life that would be pleasing to the Lord. And I think Christians have always come to the fold when there, when there's crisis in that uh, uh, they're usually uh, one of the first people there, and a lot of them have been killed at doing it and still doing like that. Yeah. So I don't know whether we – I, I don't, don't like the word soft. Yeah. I but, agree. Boy, you – can I just say, Paul <laughs> Henderson, that you have gotten softer in your old age? Isn't he? Well, thank goodness I have, I'll tell you. When I look back over my shoulder, when I used – guys would be petrified to come to a group if they didn't have their verses memorized. Yep. Like I just – what the, what were you thinking? Yeah. And, but you see, that's a wonderful thing about the Lord. Like, he knew that I was passionate for him. Yeah. And, I mean, he covered for me all over the place. Yeah. And I am so thankful. Uh, you know, I'm more thankful today than I've ever been. Rose? Paul, I really appreciate what you have to say about, um, I mean, Drew, you're asking about if our, as a country we've gone soft. And uh, I don't well, just North Americans in general, okay. right? Okay. I mean, we're not dealing with yep. mass starvation. We're not. And, you know, anyway. No, we're not. But every single time a family member comes into, say, our emergency department or some um, something fall, befalls, something unexpected and a loss and, and the grieving that happens. I mean, that that is one person's entire world. And that actually does happen in our mm-hmm. society every day. And. And when I have observed um, people um, responding to tragedy, the ones that are left, the ones that are able to reach out and support, I have often been very humbled to see the support. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are now internationally humbled by the response to the GoFundMe campaign with with Humboldt. And I'm I'm proud of Canada because Mm -hmm. I know we've been a contributor there. But when I see even in our, just to bring it down, like see one person hurting and and people then rise up. I, actually, it's, it's Mr. Rogers um, who, who quoted, um, it's his quote, um, when you see the, the crisis, look for the helpers because the helpers rise up and come around. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that's God working. God even said it's scriptural where his hands and feet. And so p- people who actually speak out and, and reach out and help and, and support may not be doing it overtly, verbally in the name of Jesus Christ, but I think God is working in those people who are reaching out. There's amen, got, amen. There's got to be a segue from love your neighbor to who are the people in your neighborhood to won't you be my neighbor, <laughs> you know? There's got to be something there. Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Um, all right, Paul Allen, preacher man. 
Well, I, I think that our society is in a, a state of trying to deny aspects of death, how they handle it in, the, you know, this is a tragedy, but, but just watching people, the, the rituals of the funeral have gone away, and I don't think it's necessarily a healthy thing. Um, my wife and I, our family, we lived in the middle of the Civil War in Angola years ago, mm-hmm. and 50% of every child under five died, and mm-hmm. 10% of the population lost limbs to landmines. I mean, it was the worst place in the world to live at that time. And we remember we would watch our children play funeral because it was it was mm-hmm. just there. Right. Wow. It was common. It was every day. We were, every day it was. Anne, Anne went through some, some days where she would go to a village and the measles had come in, and literally uh, a, a dad would point at the sun, and, you know, at, at noon uh, my 5-year-old died at, at 10 o'clock in the morning. My 3-year-old died. And, it, I mean, it was just a, it is oh. horrible. So I don't think our experience is the, is the same. Yeah. But I, I but I, I I do think that something like this, which seems to have I think because it's hockey, I think it's because it's Western Canada, um, I think it has gripped us, and I think and 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 that we are just kind of wow this is this death thing is back in a sense like like we're facing it and like you you said you know some of the people died brutally. And so I, I, you know, I think there is something that, you know, this is snapping us for a moment mm-hmm. back into some sort of perspective on it. Well, C.S. Lewis, of course, his big quote, pain is God's megaphone to a deaf, yeah. deaf world, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it ties in. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, I want to let you go, but I, I, promised, I promised Tim the tool that he could actually participate in this conversation. Tim, I'm, Thanks, Tim. I am waiting with bated breath as to the hey, wisdom hey, that is about hey, to come out of your mouth. The Pauls. Um, I... I don't think we're soft. I think it's human nature to avoid discomfort, be it emotional, be it physical, mm. be it whatever. And um, we need to learn how to be comfortable in discomfort, kind of like that story you told last week when we first brought this up about how the Jewish tradition is just to sit with those people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to me, improv is a great thing, and it's also a great philosophy. Um, one of the rules in improv is to follow the fear. Where you don't want to go, that's where you need where to you go, go. Yeah. and that's where the magic happens. And I think we're all afraid of huh, really? the pain. Man, I should have let you talk earlier. <laughs> that's great. It's all that right. Was, that was good stuff. That's good. Well, listen, yeah. guys, uh, thank you very much. Paul Henderson, Paul Allen. Uh, of course, Paul is a team leader with uh, Hockey Ministries International. HockeyMinistries.org is the website. And, and these guys, for 40 years, uh, probably even more now, They've conducted chapel programs throughout the hockey season for over 300 teams across 42 leagues, including the Humboldt Broncos. And uh, if you watch the memorial service, you saw one of those uh, Hockey Ministry International chaplains uh, speak uh, at the service. And uh, that's who we were chatting about earlier, of course. Did a, just a fantastic job. Sean Brando, hats off to him, just for being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Paul Henderson... You know, you were my first big celebrity guest on my show 15 years ago, and your patience with me... Uh
proves to me there is a God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hats off to you, Paul. What's that? What's that, uh, Paul Allen? I'm still nervous around Paul Henderson. Oh, I'm telling you. <laughs> he is a formidable force, let me yeah. tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Any... My wife walks into the room and I cower. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, thank you for joining us, both of you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Take care, buddy. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye, Paul. Bye, Paul.